welcome to the Intertel podcast. In this episode, we will be discussing some of our favourite tools for online teaching. My name is Coral and I'm joined by my fellow learning technologists, Tab, Yusuf and Ellis. Hi guys. Hi. Hello, hello. So talking about some of our favourite tools today, um, which is very exciting. Um, I think first it'd be good just to establish what we mean when we're talking about tools in online learning. Sure. So um, I think it can it can mean a range of things, but I guess often we're talking about some kind of software um, that allows you to do something. So sometimes it's online software that you run in your browser and other times it might be an app that you have installed on your phone or, or yeah. a mobile device, or it could be something uh, that's installed on your computer. But, um, you know, even a simple example is just the meeting software that you use to teach your live lessons. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So it really incorporates, I mean, so many different things. And um, obviously we can't cover everything, unfortunately, in this in this episode. But um, yeah, it kind of incorporates almost everything that you come into contact with when you're teaching online. Exactly. And I think just technology in general, including the way we think about tools is, is that it's anything that allows you to be able to do what you wanted to do, but better. So, for example, MS Teams or Zoom or Bongo, wherever it is that you use as your virtual classroom, is a tool that allows you to do face to face teaching. Obviously, with Corona or anything like that, we can't do it, but it now becomes useful to us because of the fact that it it's that capability and that competency that it kind of enhances. But ultimately, I always feel when I think about technology that it comes back down to us as human beings want to be able to do something. What is the tool that will allow me to be able to do that? Yeah, exactly. And I think, um, you know, particularly for, for our teachers, but for anyone who's teaching online, there's sort of, well, the way that we're thinking of it is two different types. So the tools that are sort of in your VLE, so your virtual learning environment, that you're using all the time there are lots of tools available to you already um in that in that environment that you may or may not be using and then there's all of the external tools so things like pieces of software apps um websites all sorts of things that you can use to enhance enhance your learning enhance your teaching so let's talk about some of our favorite tools um who does anyone want to kick us off I think one of my ideas or my favourite tool is something that's quite quite central to a VLE. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really like quizzes. Um, I think they're a core part of any VLE and a really useful way to engage your learners and get the feedback and kind of test their understanding. Um, the thing I personally like about quizzes is the versatility to them. So most VLEs will allow you to upload a quiz and lots of them will give you options as to how you put the questions in. So I think traditionally people think of an online quiz being some sort of uh, multiple choice question format, but it doesn't have to be as limited as that. It can also include things like matching pairs, um, Mm -hmm. like filling in the gaps um sometimes selecting you know more than one answer or listing things so there's a there's a bit more versatility there and I think like I say it provides a lot of feedback for staff without needing to sort of sit and mark content necessarily you you set it up ahead of time you program what the right answers are and then you get your statistics back the other side um without necessarily like I say needing to spend loads and loads of time marking something 
Um, but I also think something that's perhaps overlooked with with quizzes is the ability to add things like audio and um, yes. video or even imagery. Yes. Everybody always seems to kind of think, oh, I'm writing a question, so therefore it must be written. But there's absolutely nothing stopping a staff member putting that question up as a, you know, actually recording themselves like, like we are for the podcast now, um, just to engage students in a different way. And I suppose in some respects, that's a, you know, a, a lot of the time we're asked questions verbally. So um, it kind of reflects that as well. Um, but yeah, I, I think there's a lot of versatility to them. And I think they are a real core aspect of VLEs. Like I say, you know, every VLE has one and almost any learner who's who's had any online interaction will have partaken in a quiz. Yeah, I, th I think quizzes are such a good tool. And as you said, they're sometimes um, underutilised in a way because people maybe don't think about these different ways that you can you can use them. And it's not necessarily it doesn't have to just be a multiple choice quiz all the time and um, quizzes that I've seen that I think have been really good are where um, they're sort of responsive to what the learner is um, what answers the learner's given so um, not only does it provide feedback for the teacher in terms of like this is what people got wrong or right but it actually then furthers the student's learning so it says okay you got this wrong therefore I would go off and read this or access this or um, look at these further resources to learn more about the topic and I think it's a really good way to kind of um, check learning but also enhance learning and sort of push people in the right direction if they're struggling on a particular area. Yeah and I think as well we often think about them as things that teachers create for learners but there is nothing stopping a teacher requesting that a learner creates a quiz um you know and maybe other other learners take part in that as part of a group activity or maybe you rotate it round so a learner asks some questions and then every other learner completes it but you can kind of turn it on its head as well so um i think that's important to bear in mind yeah yeah completely and and it, i think as well you can use quizzes for things like feedback you can use it for um so it's it's a quizzing tool but actually you can use it as you said for multimedia you can use it for all sorts of things where you're not necessarily testing learning but you're actually giving students access to things in a set format that they then work their way through question by question but you're just asking them to maybe complete an activity or you're asking for their feedback on a specific thing and um, so there's lots and lots of different ways that you can you can utilize them okay so yep quizzes is a great tool um Anyone else got another tool that they want to talk about? Yeah, no. So for me, the tools that I find uh, the most useful when I'm thinking about teaching or anything like that, and, and it might just fit my my the nature of my personality is, is that I always try to think about things in terms of how can we make this process of learning as enjoyable as possible, not just for myself as a trainer or a teacher or as a technologist, for example, when we're doing our training deliveries, but also from the perspective of the people who will be participating. So whether it's your students, whether it's anybody that's kind of with you. So the two tools that I find quite cool, the first one is quite simple. It's, it's a simple website that is called Buzzin Live. And what it allows you to be able to do is gamify a quiz 
in your class if you're doing it live for example so it's a simple website you go there you, you you get a code you share the code into into the chat of your classroom and it creates a buzzer that students can quickly press in order to be able to answer questions that you might pose. And it just brings an element of competition, an element of fun and an element of uh, of excitement, if, if I if I dare say so, in into the classroom. And it's just a really simple way to kind of spruce things up and, and make it make it more fast paced and more dynamic. Obviously, you do need to be careful if your students are super competitive then uh, introducing a buzzer <laughs> in, in, into the classroom might might make things um, a little bit worse. Um, another tool that I find quite nice, and it's only one that I've come across recently, but I really like it. It's uh, it's it's called Flow Cabulary. So F L O C A B U L A R Y dot com, and what it is, it's a website that is using hip hop so using music to to teach things from maths to science to social studies to vocabulary to current events to everything like that now unfortunately it is behind a paywall but you can have a free trial so you can kind of click in and you can kind of uh, play around with it but for example i i was watching a video earlier where they had turned the very boring topic of taxation into a rap and I never thought I would find taxation so interesting, but <laughs> it, it's just not something I ever thought would be possible for me. However, they did make taxation interesting. And I think what it does is, is it, it adds that element of fun once again, where you're learning without learning you're having fun and in the process of having fun you're actually taking on board some interesting information so from a flipped learning perspective it might be one of the the, the pre-tasks that you set your students for example if one of their videos are on there or if you're so inclined there's absolutely no reason why you don't write your own lyrics you go to youtube or any of these other websites download an instrumental and just rap away to your heart's content explaining the pros and cons or whatever subject that you're on like don't limit your creative uh, yeah, you create juices, but those are the two tools that I, I find quite exciting. Yeah, I, I love um, the, the thought of that, like for a vocabulary. I think that's such a good um, way of introducing something like hip hop and rap into your um, lessons. Mm -hmm. I know, like we we talked a little bit about this earlier, but um, you know, the Open University releases their annual innovating pedagogy report, and um, one area that they've said that they think is going to be big for 2021 is hip hop based education. So I think like mm. part of that really fits into that sort of pedagogy of using that kind of culture in your lessons. So I think that'd be really, really interesting. And I would, I mean, I'm not sure how confident I would be doing it, but I would love to see um, some teachers rapping about like business studies or something. Yeah, but but the cool thing to remember as well is is that as as with any type of music genre that's out there, it, it's really and truly what your students are listening to. And I think these days, hip hop music is pop music, and it's what a lot of these these youngsters are listening to. So it, it's a way to connect with the kids. So you could turn up and be like, "Hello, my fellow young people, let's use rap <laughs> to learn." Yeah, and I think the, what's really interesting about it is there's it, it opens up a wider discussion. Do you know what I mean? It opens up a wider discussion about um, culture and background and things like that as well, which I think is really important, in, especially now in education. 
And also in a postmodern sense, it's like, you know, bringing in any kind of cultural artifact or any kind of, you know, cultural piece of work. So it could be, you know, bringing in things from the world of drama or things from the world of music or things from the world of cinema or whatever. But you could actually use those things as a medium to communicate things within your subject. Right. And I I can imagine a lot of people listening to this podcast, like thinking like, no way there is no way (laughs) I'm going to get up and rap in front of my students right and I and I can empathize that although I'm an idiot so I would do it anytime but um but but I do I do strongly um recommend the idea of what if you if you find it intimidating why not make it a collaborative task so rather than you writing a rap about your subject why not get each person in the class to, to write one line about it and then you have to just make sure that your line rhymes with the line before or, or whatever and that way it becomes quite a small thing that doesn't have to take up loads of time and it doesn't have to be embarrassing because one person is kind of you know showing what they've created to the whole class um, it can be quite a sort of fun way for everyone to kind of get a bit of experience with that genre and it could be other music like it does it could be folk music or it could be you know whatever but as you say I think hip hop's interesting because it has that roots in in kind of spoken word and oral storytelling, um, and you know you can use that as a way to bring a different flavour to your normal subject area. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think what what I find really interesting about that, in fact, any form of music or performance um, is sort of rooted in emotion and experience. And I think it's a it's quite a good way of um, sort of developing an understanding of students' social experiences, but also their emotions and their feelings. And it's, it can be quite um, a powerful thing to use in the classroom, actually. Yeah, definitely. I fully agree that like emotion is so important in learning, and it and there's loads of studies that show that that's you know retention is is massively affected by. The, the emotional connection uh, with with something. Um, also, if you want an easy way into doing something like that, just take an existing song and just change the odd lyric rather than trying to write a whole new song. Just change individual words from the song so that it, it's about a different subject. And it's quite easy to do. Like um, I actually did that for we had a Christmas party uh, with our, <laughs> our learning technology team. And I changed All I Want for Christmas is You into a song about learning technologies. And um, and it wasn't actually that hard because I just changed a few words around and, you know, put in the word, you know, Zoom and Teams and Bongo and, and stuff like that. Um, and and then, you know, you've, you've got something that's kind of fun and, and it could potentially be used to teach someone about that subject. It was. Yeah, it was an amazing performance, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that, but I'm definitely not going to do I it right now. I still think about it every so often, so it definitely, <laughs> definitely made an impact. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, going on to to some of the tools that I think um, can be useful. I mean, I found this really hard because there's so many different know, tools that I'm using. Um, and I think the more you the more you embrace like the idea that you can diversify um, what you use, um, the more you'll find that, um, as Yusuf was saying earlier, that it's like a way of 
augmenting what you can normally do with your normal face-to-face -face teaching. I mean, it's the words, the keys in the word tool, right? It's like, why do we invent hammers? It's because like trying to smash things with your hands and feet is quite hard, right? <laughs> so you get a hammer and then you can do it much more effectively. And so these, these digital tools are, are like very similar because they allow you to do things just in a much more efficient way. So a, a really, really simple example of that is um, doing something like using a live poll in your class. So imagine if you have a class of say five students, a small class, you can easily get people to raise their hands or you could easily even just get people to shout out their answers. And it's quite easy to see how many people think this or how many people think that. But scale it up to a lecture theatre with 300 people. Um, it, it's then really hard to actually you know, gauge how many people think something. And even if you do hands up, you can only kind of vaguely guess um, you'd you'd have to do some you know some very quick counting to actually stay on top of that. And then if they wanted to respond with words, it would be um, you know impossible. You'd only ever get a couple of responses really. So with a live polling um, with live polling software, you can essentially it doesn't really matter how big your class size is because you can get instant feedback from a, a, a massive group of people. So you know I've done it with two three hundred people online. Um, and I've heard people say, oh, you can only do teach online with a small class, you know, anything more than, you know, 10 people or 15 people or whatever. And it's impossible. It's not true, though. You can actually you can actually get you do really good formative assessment and, and concept checking using live polling software. So um, things like like Bongo Learn, for example, and Zoom have polls built into them. Um, so you can use those tools. But I personally prefer to use things like Poll Everywhere or Mentimeter. And Poll Everywhere and Mentimeter are very good because what they allow you to do is you, you get a link and you give students the link and then they can respond to the poll in real time. So if it's a multiple choice question, you can actually see who's answer, how many people have answered A or B or C in real time. And you can see the answers coming in and you have like a it converts it to a bar graph so you can see it going up and down. Um, but you can also get them to respond with text. And so you could get them to respond with individual words about something like what's the most important concept in this topic of our subject. And then you can get a word cloud like when they, they type in a word and then it appears as part of a word cloud. And then in that word cloud, the more frequently given answers appear larger in that cloud. So you can get a very good data visualization of, you know, which concepts are most important within a particular topic and you could do that instantly with you know and it's the scalability of it's incredible because you can do it with any number of people so i think live polls are a really powerful um tool so the other one i really wanted to mention is screen recording does anyone have any thoughts about um why screen recording is particularly effective in relation to teaching and learning um, I think it's because what it does is it allows you as a teacher to be able to show people exactly what it is that you're seeing and what it is that you're doing. So if you're trying to walk them through a process, for example, instead of just giving verbal instructions where you might like bullet point list out the steps by having a simple screen recording, for example, where you're explaining how to do something. It allows people to visualize the steps and see the entire process from start to, to, to finish, and then they can do it themselves. Absolutely. And one really good use of that, I love the way you described it, is one really good use of that is actually 
in your virtual learning environment, particularly if you're you're you've got your learners learning at a distance online, it's really really helpful for learners if you create a little screen recording, walking them through exactly what you want them to do that week and where they need to click. So this is where you click to to download the slides, right? This is where you click to enter your live lesson. And this is this is how you complete this activity. This is how you post your answer on the forum. There's, you know, if you just actually show them how to where to click. I've had so many students contact me just saying thank you for for doing that um, because they said, you know, most of their other teachers don't do it, and it just made it so much clearer. And you actually save yourself time because they're not then forever emailing you asking you loads of questions about oh where do I get the PowerPoint where do I post on the forum I can't find the link you know all that kind of stuff did you want to say something Carl yeah yeah I was just gonna I was just agreeing with you nodding furiously over here um but yeah it's I mean we always go on and on about how especially in online learning but I think to be honest in any learning delivering the same message through multiple different channels and in multiple different ways is so important and you know as you said just because you've got the instructions written down doesn't mean that your students are going to 100% get it because we all learn differently right and we all understand things differently and things can get missing on text on a page so having that option of being able to explain um, a process or how to get somewhere I think is such a good use for it Um, I've seen a teacher actually recently use it um, a screen recording to go through um, a page that was all about assignments. So they recorded the screen recording, just basically going through the actual page, talking through each assignment and what it means, what the learning outcomes are that are attached to that assignment, and just talking through in depth the information that was already there and already available, but mm. just one, having your teacher's voice telling you that you know, don't worry about this, it's going to be fine, this is what we're going to do. Um, it humanises the process a little bit because you can hear them, but also it gives you, um, I think, a much clearer understanding of what they were meaning and what they were thinking about and their thought processes. Because often you put something down on a page and it makes complete sense to you, but then someone else looks at it and they're like, can you talk me through what you meant by this? Because I don't quite understand, you know, where you were coming from. So I think that can be a really good use of, of screen recording to explain things, particularly things like assignments, where um, you need students to have that understanding. No, that, that is brilliant, Karan. Just one point to just jump in there quickly. I remember somebody once said to me that anxiety is often that we can't visualise the entire process of something that we need to mm. undertake. And helping somebody see it through from beginning to end, I think, is a really generous thing to do in terms of helping limit their anxiety in relation to a task that they need to complete because they now know what to do and it frees them from, oh, but what happens if this happens, that happens, to focusing on, no, these are the steps that I need to take. I love that as an example. I think it's such a good example of something really simple that would just have an enormous benefit for students. Um, and I, I love the way that you emphasize Yusuf, the idea of it being kind of experiential, as in, you know, mm. you're actually visualizing the process and you're experiencing the process with the teacher and you're mm. being talked through it. Um, and it's interesting because it makes it actually makes me think of um, I was I was reading an article recently on the Wait But Why blog um, about um, some of the work that's being done by Elon Musk in the field of um, kind of the connection between technology and the brain. 
But one of the things it talks about is how writing, even though it's been kind of one of our most important modes of communication throughout history, because it was the first way that we could kind of record things even after people have died and, and it can be passed on. It's actually a very low fidelity form of communication. It's actually one of the most lossy forms of communication you can have because you have to kind of encode it into text and then re-encode it into the other person's mind and it's going to be interpreted differently because it's gone through the filter of language whereas mm. an experience where you see something step by step is is so much more rich in terms of the information it gives you just like body language is is, is very rich in terms of what it adds to our um to our experience of talking to someone face to face yeah so yeah i think the screen recording aspect is is so important and a similar example to one um, Coral gave is it's so good for giving feedback to students. If you bring up something that a student's made, it could be, you know, um, a document that they've written, perhaps an assignment or something, or it could be, um, you know, a, a video presentation that they've recorded and submitted. Um, to give feedback on it, if you actually make a screen recording of you going through the document or going through the video and actually saying, well, I really like this bit, you did this very, very well. I think this bit could be improved if you had done this and actually highlighting the bits that you wanted and talking through the actual experience mm -hmm. that you're doing as you're going through as a marker, as you're analysing it and giving feedback can be so much more rich and so much more helpful for the learner. Um, and I decided to do this actually recently with a student submitted something to me and and I gave them some feedback that I thought was really concise and really clear. Um, and I'd spent a long time on it. But actually, they came back to me and said it didn't make any sense to them at all. The feedback that they got. And, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they were really upset and they were really distraught. And I got this email that was very long email, very distraught kind of. Um, and I just thought oh my goodness you know you, you you just assume so you assume that people can understand from what you've written yeah. and i just thought why don't i go back and go through and make a video and i went through the whole document and talked them through it and the email i got back after that video was one of the loveliest emails i've ever had from anyone and they were so appreciative um and they just said oh my god no one's ever done that for me um and suddenly everything makes complete sense after seeing you talk through it and go through the document. This was amazing. Thank you so much. You know, so it's amazing how powerful that can be, you know, just using a screen recording for something as simple as that. It is, it is really empowering because I think, like you say, it provides that that absolute clarity, but it can also be a tool that students use either with each other or when they're experiencing an issue. So we've said about you know, recording a process so that students can understand how to navigate to their assignment, for example. If a student is having trouble with that, they can also send you a screen recording, which can show you where, where they're kind of getting lost in that process or maybe where something is different. You know, if they're a Mac user and you've recorded something on Windows or all of those sorts of things. So it really breaks down and reduces so much miscommunication which i think is is key that's a good point yeah exactly exactly there's a couple a couple of um tools i want to talk about just i guess to finish this off because i think we're uh going to have a bit of a long episode this time um so one was and both of the tools that um i picked are 
very much sort of communication tools. Um, so the first one is Flipgrid. Um, so Flipgrid is essentially um, is a, an online tool, a website that you can go to. Um, it's free to sign up and you can sign up as an educator. And essentially you create um, a grid or a board um, and you you can use it for multiple things, but people can reply with video messages. So it allows them just to go in, press a little plus sign, they record a very short video and then it houses them all in a grid. So everything's together for that one subject or that board or whatever it is that you're discussing. And what I really like about it is that um, I've seen it used a lot recently over the last year um, for social aspects. So for sort of helping to create that community feel um, when people are teaching online. And um, so using it for things like um, introductory videos. So asking students to post a little bit about themselves, who they are, what their hobbies are, what they're wanting to get out of the course. And it basically keeps them all together so the students can then see everybody um, who's on their course and, and gets to hear a little bit from them um, all in one place. Um, and I think it's really good because there's a lot of personalization that you can do in your videos. You can add like emojis, little um, images, you can upload um, miniature videos of things. So I've seen people, you know, posting um, a little video about themselves and then putting an image up of their cat that they're talking about, for example, in the video. And it's just a nice way to create a bit of um, socialization within within courses. Um, but I've also seen it, and I think this is what what I really liked about it, is I've also seen it used for class as well, for class materials. So um, a teacher recently used it to um, ask students to do a verbal response to um, what they know about academic misconduct. So they asked students to just post a little reply with three things that they knew about academic misconduct based on materials that they had learned in class. And um, so it was just a different way of getting students to respond to something. And the the amount of things that I've seen it used for, I've seen it used for like um, dance classes for like <laughs> them, they put up little videos. And that's the other thing, you as a teacher could um, put up a grid about a specific subject area and then add in multiple videos within that grid. Um, so you could do um, screen recordings in those little videos on a specific process and students could then play each one as they're working through it. So I think it's a really interesting um, tool that you can use in lots and lots of the different ways. Yeah, Flipgrid's a really excellent tool, and it, it it's it's such a great way to yeah make people feel like they're part of that kind of wider community, and you can but you can do it asynchronously as well, which is what's really nice about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And actually, I didn't I didn't know until recently they have a tool um, built in called Mixtape, and what it allows you to do is take all of the grids you've created um, over the course of a year or however long, and you put them into like a mixtape and it, it plays through all of them and um, yeah it sort of creates like one long video yeah exactly so what I quite like about that is you could almost do a, a sequencing you know throughout your course asking students e either on a specific topic or um you know if it if it's um something they're recording um an experiment of some kind I don't know but you can have everything from the year a sort of highlights reel if you will um of things that people have done throughout the year yeah, well, you could even at the end of each week uh, get students to do a little summary of what was learned that week. And then, 
you know, and then you could actually have that if you had it for each of the weeks by the end of the course you'd have an, an actual summary of everything that was covered right yeah yeah that'd be great to use it for i mean i've i honestly i mean i've seen it used for um like teacher to teacher as well like to um ask teachers to post if you have a, a, a technical question or a question about a course and across the program and other teachers are then able to comment and respond to those particular videos um, so it's the same, yeah, exactly the same kind of thing. You could use it for for so many different things. So I think the the other tool that I thought was really good, and this is kind of going back to what Ellis was talking about, that um, it's a tool um, that sometimes is underutilised um, or that people don't think about or have had maybe bad experiences with before, but it's discussion forums, um, particularly in your virtual learning environment. So most virtual learning environments will have some sort of forum or discussion space that you can use in your courses and i think it's one of those things that um is hard to do in some ways and and i know lots of people say well i put i put in form activities and people don't reply or people don't engage with it um and it can be really, really difficult. But I think when used properly um, and when used well, I think they can be really, really powerful for learning. Yeah, I, I, I really agree. And I, I think that um, so much of it, the key to it is how you set it up and making sure that it's a meaningful activity where, you know, it's important that the learners have different answers to the question and also that they respond to each other's responses. Yes. Yeah, and I think that all comes, as you said, to the instruction you're giving and making sure that when you're designing activities that are based on discussion and forum, the students have to be gaining from that discussion. So I think what people tend to do is they think, oh, I need to have some sort of forum activity and they just change an activity where a student would be uploading something and ask them to upload it into the forum. But actually, the, the whole point of having a forum is that there's some sort of discussion element and that you're learning and understanding from what other people are putting in there. So it's really about designing activities where um, the 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 learning comes from actually you post your thing, but reading through other people's responding to them enhances your learning in some way. Yeah, and I was going to say actually one one really good way to get people to do that is to actually get them to post links to resources rather than just posting their opinion about something because um, a link to a resource is much more kind of valuable when you've got everyone posting different links to things. And you can almost trick the students into getting hooked on the discussion forum by doing a very simple thing like at the beginning of the course, one thing I like to do is set up a discussion forum and say, okay, for our, in our first week, I want everyone to go on the discussion forum and post a song that they like or the, a song mm -hmm. that they've been listening to recently. And then you get all these links to these different songs. And not only do you get to know a bit about your students, they also quite enjoy it because they get to expand their musical horizons um, in a, and use the forum in a fun way. And then when it comes to actually using it for something serious, you're like posting links to some reading or, or something like that. They're already familiar with the process and they already see the value of it. Yeah, yeah, I think that's so important. Having building in those forum activities really early on, like you said, like first week, first day, asking them to go in and to do something a bit more fun. And you can still have those. I mean, I've seen people use like a weekly social forum, you know, like at the end of each week, they ask students to do like a similar thing. 
and they build on that each week and it becomes a, a sort of bank of of resources and I think that you know as you said if you can see student if you can get students to um be interested in them in one way then when it comes to asking them to complete an activity for your course as part of the forum um then they'll just do it naturally and I think um tabs kind of mentioned and touched on it but sometimes with discussion forums if you post and ask students to provide an opinion that can kind of enhance that sort of fear of rejection amongst peers it can be a little bit confrontational if your opinion differs somewhat so it can it can sort of lead to some students not wanting to interact with it because of those negative impacts whereas if it is here's a link or you know go and find some resources or engage with resources that I've put here it removes some of those um some of those barriers as well yeah yeah I think that that's really important I think getting the forums off to a good start is is really really key because I mean like any any of us if you start to engage with something and it's you know like you're posting and you're not getting any replies or you're doing the activities as asked and no one else is you'll just stop doing it because you you don't see the value in it so I think yeah. it's trying to build in the understanding of the value that you're getting out of it and you know we talk about a lot giving really clear instructions to students and normally if I'm building in any sort of discussion or forum activity I will write in the instructions you know I want you to go in and respond to at least two people um, or add you know to at least two different debates in the forums um, and I think just encouraging that discussion and also you as a teacher really going in and um, saying oh, you know that's a great point does anyone else have anything to add to that and sort of driving that um, discussion a little bit in the beginning will really help um, students to just get into the swing of it and understand that's what they're supposed to do and that's where they're supposed to go um, and I've also seen um, people before encourage students to go to the forums with questions so if it's a question that would benefit the whole group um, ask you know having either a QA and a forum specifically or just getting them to start a new post a new thread and um, with a specific question asking other students to respond to them again is a really good way of building up that activity such a good way to cut down on your email um, yeah. as well <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and and especially especially if there's a way for you to set up the forum and a lot of virtual learning environments allow you to do this set up the forum so that people can post anonymously to it yeah. because then they won't worry about asking that silly question and then it's even better than email because they don't have to feel silly about you knowing that they've asked the question but they also don't need to worry about their peers knowing but everybody benefits from seeing the question and seeing the answer to the question yeah yeah I think that that's a really good point having a, an area for anonymous posting is is really useful and it's it's one of the few places that you're able to do that as well okay so I think <laughs> that's probably all we've got time for um today thank you so much guys for for joining me for another episode no thank you for, for, yeah. for listening as well guys yeah thanks everybody thank you bye-bye see you next time bye